Hey, Melody. Hey, Peter. What's up, Drew? Hey. <laughs> I don't know why we laugh every time. <laughs> uh, it's just all those laughs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Take those out. No, 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 no hilarity. No good times in this podcast. Welcome to How College Works. So today, uh, based on recent experience, we thought we would talk about course catalogs. Well, more specifically, I guess the, I'm thinking of the co college catalog. I mean, okay. courses are included in there, but like whenever you go and look up catalog on any college or university website, you get a document or at least maybe it's a website that's designed, but it has all the official stuff. Yes. So, the college catalog. That, yeah, well. I will say, I've mentioned this with some students, and they're like, oh yeah, we know about that. Every writing class, we go to the library, and they show us all about that. And oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, different catalog. Yeah, that's, that's the library catalog. Card catalog. Possibly card catalog, but I think they meant just like the catalog of like, you know, periodicals and peer-reviewed papers and... Like the Cotty catalog. Yeah. Uh, and so just sort of all of the information that the librarians talked to us about when they were here. It's like, so about that. Yeah, different, different than that. I can recall being told my undergraduate catalog stayed with me for the term of my degree. So if it changed after I enrolled, my 1998 catalog was the one that counted for my degree. So I like held on tight and counted everything to make sure I had the proper credit requirements so especially when I changed my major I was like oh cool it's it counts under the 98 one and now I can get out of here in five years instead of six <laughs> music so actually you know a lot more than apparently some of my students know um, because I w I'm teaching a style and editing class this semester and I bet I was asked to rework a page about transfer credit specifically about writing courses and like AP and those kinds of things but I was having some trouble trying to communicate what I thought and so I took in what I had worked up and asked my students at what you know what editing suggestions they had I mean might as well use them right that's <laughs> a good practice uh, and they were like wait what is this from and I was like it's from the catalog and they're like what's the catalog and I was like well, you know like the catalog that's on the website and they were like, no, what's in there? And I was like, let's pull it up. And when I showed them, they're like, well, I think I've seen a couple of these pages before, but I didn't know what this catalog is. I don't know what, what why do I care? And I was like, well, your graduation requirements are on there. And they're like, oh, and they didn't understand what it meant to come in under a catalog, like 1998, like that's the year you came in, and so that's your catalog. And we're actually making changes to the catalog. I had to explain that under the new catalog guidelines, that people adopted the new catalog guidelines, that they could actually do X or Y. And they didn't understand what that meant. So uh, this... Drew is just shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a little perplexing and actually a little worrisome because like that catalog is sort of like your guide to figuring out how your degree goes together and what you can do and not do. So I was, that's why I wanted to talk about it today. Yeah. Yeah, so this is, I think, particularly timely since this will... Hello, listeners. It is after spring break now. Our spring break. Probably there. So you're probably thinking about enrolling for classes in the fall. Yeah, probably like today or next week. 
Well, you, you ought to be if you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You have not already thought about it. Now is a good time. Now is a good time. So at our school, students are get, handed a, um, a copy of the resource guide, yes. which is an abbreviated version of some of this that doesn't go into all the gory detail, but it's says... It's a paper copy, right? It's a paper copy. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, believe, though, I think, I think next year it's just going to be like a digital copy, but handed a paper copy right now. Right. And it has... You know, some, it has some very vague stuff, like, you know... I mean, it is, like, the basics, like, the core requirements or whatever. It doesn't go into specific degree requirements, I don't think. It does have... It, I can pull one out. That we don't have I mean, to. I don't. It does have some degree... It does have degree requirements. Uh, but Probably because we are really small and we have so few. Right. But if we're looking at a much larger school, their catalog is going to be a couple hundred pages. Right. And so... How is yours? Ours, I think, is like 130, um, but I also feel like there's some superfluous information in there. <laughs> so we could, we could trim it down? <laughs> we might be able to. He needs a little edit, edit. So, go ahead. Like the, the one at Western Michigan is like a phone book. Yeah. Right, yeah. So the resource guide that our, that our students get has degree requirements, which lists the courses which are required or the options mm-hmm. to fill, you know, three of these courses or one of these and just lists the psych 110 or whatever it happens to be and just lists them out. But that's all it does. So you have a one page list, of, list classes. of classes. You must take these, you must take four of these, you must take one of these. The full catalog lists those things in more detail and also in different sort of ways. So the, the full catalog will list every course listed by department. Mm-hmm. So Astronomy 101 and Astronomy 101 Lab are, are in there and all the physics courses I teach are in there under physics. Every psych, psychology course that is ever offered or can be offered is listed in there and it gives you the department, the course number, how often it is taught, mm-hmm. fall, spring, every year, fall, every other year, you know, basically. Or there's occasionally. There's an occasionally is another option. <laughs> it also include a section that lists, like, I want to major in music, so I have to cover these areas, and any class that fits this area will fulfill that eight credit hours requirement in that zone, and then I have to get certain, you know. Something like that. Yeah, there should, I mean, I haven't looked at it recently, but there are, there are, also, the majors listed. So the courses have the course description, like the full paragraph about the course description, along with prereqs or co-recs, the credits that it is. So it has the entire, all the information about that course. Then there's portions which are for majors, which list this is what this major is supposed to do. Here are the things that are supposed to be doing. If you're going to major, here are the classes. So it relists those major requirements, but with more explanation and context, mm-hmm. whereas the the little guide that our students get, which is you know a couple dozen pages, that is just the sort of check boxes. Yeah, and we, I think what you were kind of saying was so we have uh, like we have like a communications credit, or we did at least for our associate's degree, and so there's listed which classes count for that communications credit. Is right. that kind of where you were getting? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. yeah, and that's in the catalog that also happens to be in our resource guide. Yeah. Uh, which is convenient. I mean, the resource guide is really convenient when you know what you need to be doing and then you're putting together your schedule. 
you can say, okay, these are the classes I think I want to do. And then if you're like, well, what is that class? And the student's like, what is that class? It's like, well, let's check the catalog because right. it just says like speech 230. I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, you also, if you're planning your like entire degree plan, you know, if you're going through and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to wait and take like Shakespeare next fall. Well, it turns out Shakespeare is only offered every other spring. The catalog is the only way to know that. So you can't really plan, like you can't plot out your, your, all of your classes and get things marked off your list unless you understand the course rotation schedule and the catalog is where that comes in. Here's something for, I mean, looking ahead to the future as you're even an undergraduate in the middle of courses, when I applied to grad school, they said, uh, do you have a baccalaureate level writing requirement met? I said, well, I have a bachelor's degree from an accredited university. What does it take to have baccalaureate level writing? They wanted me to take a test. I said, well, I have a degree. What do I need? What do you mean a test? And uh, so I had to prove using the syllabus and the course description that one of, at least one of my courses had a paper that was 5,000 words or more and blah, 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 writing requirements so to waive the test coming mm -hmm. into a California university. And thank God I actually saved all of my course descriptions and syllabuses. And I handed them the copy and said, you know, screw you guys, I'm not paying for a test. I have a degree. <laughs> but, you know, they wouldn't believe me unless I was able to hand them. Right. Right. They need you know, verification. There's people in, that graduated from California universities that don't have whatever they needed and end up paying money to retake a test to prove that they can write English. Well, luckily, um, things are starting to be archived digitally, so you can see like old catalogs, but usually, like I've been doing a lot of benchmarking and I've been looking at other university and college catalogs, they only go back 10 years at most. Um, so for the most part, it's like seven, five years, can, can, tends to be the range where those are available online. And I'm sure you could go back and like physically go to the library and get a copy and photocopy what you needed, but why? Ultimately, well, for Drew's case, he went to college in Michigan and is now applying for grad school in California. Could have interlibrary loaned it. Just kidding, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but it's going it to cost you a, a fair amount and it's not easily accessible to him. Uh, I'm wondering, Drew, so, so Mel and I have been sort of eyeball deep in this sort of thing for the last umpteen years in terms of being an undergraduate, being a graduate student, being a professor. I don't really remember if there was anything like the catalog in high school. Uh, you graduated at the same time I did. What was that? Do you remember? Or at least could you say, do you, what is your school? Does your school have a catalog in the same way that a college has a catalog? No, I mean, I can remember in high school being when the counselors did scheduling for the next year being handed a um, not a really detailed course description but a, like here's the 11th grade classes what are you going to pick for next year mm -hmm. and just going off that like two three sentence blurb and saying oh I really want to take humanities that sounds awesome um, but and, and I know at, at our high school and basically in our district it's we have to submit it to the to the district office to the school board to approve our courses and if we want to be accredited we have to have a, um, an application for each course description or if we want to make a new course so th this document does exist the, the course 
uh, offerings for Vaca High and the course offerings for the other high schools in town and whatever. Um, every single course that's possible to offer, even if it's not currently offered. Mm-hmm. The ones that have been approved by the board and, mm-hmm. and accredited by the accrediting body. And and they also, yeah, they do have to, because we're in the state of California, they look at those different areas of requirement of uh, fine arts and language and math, science, English. Uh, there's there's another one. And A through G is what they call it, A through G requirements, because each area has a letter. Mm-hmm. And you have to have a certain number of credits in each area, A through G, to be eligible to be accepted to a UC, like a UC Davis, UC Berkeley campus. That doesn't mean you're getting in. That means you're eligible to be considered. <laughs> and if you don't have that, you still get a high school diploma, you would just either go to like a California community college for two years and then transfer up, which they have an arrangement because it's the state community college body has this transfer arrangement agreement, or you would go possibly to California state system, like California state Sacramento or Riverside or whatever. And I probably just named the wrong school. (laughs) Someone will complain, don't worry. There's so many of them. Anyway, which has a little bit less stringent requirements, but you still would need your, you know, diploma and have to do the entrance exams and those things. But yeah, so we do have a, a document. I don't think when the counselors sit down with next year's seniors and, and plan classes, they're probably holding that document, but they have a abbreviated, you know, 12th grade single piece of paper with all of the, you know, hey, 12th graders have to take government and econ, 12th grade English, whatever your fourth year of math is and blah, blah, blah. So they have a kind of a um, shopping cart for each grade level. Yeah, sort of a checklist. Yeah, it's um, not the not the full course load that, that you can get on the website. And, and I don't know who really even looks at it. The yeah, accrediting body yeah, does yeah, it. Yeah, so it sounds like there is such a thing, but it's not necessarily that high school students particularly are getting sort of down and dirty with looking through all of the offerings. They're relying on their counselors to sort of uh, curate and vet stuff for them before they even have an option. So much of it is dictated by the school board uh, in each local district. Hmm. So, you know, you go to a different district and the school board may have, like I, I worked in one district that had the school board had a requirement for community service. And you had to do so many hours of community service. And usually they did it as part of their history or government class. Mm. Uh, one district did all of that service hours had to be 12th grade and one district did uh, split up among four years so many ninth grade hours 10th grade hours 11th grade so and those requirements are set out by the board policy and so it's kind of dictated like you get however many credits of electives you can pick whatever you feel like but if you want a diploma in the state of California you have to do two years of PE uh, algebra one and one one year of math beyond that, at minimum. Uh, I think it's two years of science, four years of English. You know, blah blah blah. So th- those are the base level. Here's your diploma. Welcome to McDonald's requirements. Wow, that was uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I just there. So, so much of it is dictated by the school board that as a ninth grader, you come in and you get told you're taking ninth grade English. Right. You're taking health class, PE, math one, whatever, you know. So you, you don't really, you can pick one elective maybe in ninth grade. 
And so they're not, I mean, they're not really super involved in their own future until, you know, 10th, 11th or 12th grade. And especially if you're doing poorly in classes, if you're failing, you're having to retake. So it, that limits your choices even more. Oh, I have to retake English 9. Well, there goes that's that so, elective. That's <laughs> true. So, you well, know, you're, it's you're similar. Gonna, yeah. Budget-wise, we don't do summer school anymore. When I started teaching, we were offering summer school for credit recovery and for whatever, and then it was peeled back and said only 12th graders can take summer school. And then about 2009, no summer school, nobody. It's funny because for colleges, summer school, summer classes is actually, since students pay, it, it's a way to bring in money. a little bit more money. Yeah, well, here's what students are doing in order to skip, uh, not skip, but in order to move ahead in math classes, because if you're in seventh grade regular math, you do not really have an opportunity to get to calculus. Mm. So they will have their, if their students are not in honors math, right? So parents will have their students take summer class at the community college and do an algebra one over the summer, geometry over the summer, and take the next math course at high school. Hmm. So yeah, because we don't do summer school anymore, it gets farmed out to the, they have to pay for it at community college. So there are a couple of things that you said that sort of like were very similar. Well, when you said the classes have to be approved by the board, so all the classes in our catalog have to go through what we call a curriculum committee or sometimes called like academic committee. They go through our division first and then through that. So they are like approved and I guess vetted or whatever mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that they're academically sound and not like, you know, doing weird or not cool things. I don't know. At least on paper. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anything looks good on paper, right? Uh, and then that has to go into the catalog, and then that catalog description has to go on your syllabus. And so students ask me all the time, well, if I go home and take like a, a course at the community college, can I transfer it back in? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll need to look at their catalog. So I use that all the time to go and look at course descriptions of other schools, and I know that's what our registrar uses too, and that's yes. what people use when they transfer out is they look at our catalog. So it's like there are high stakes to making sure that that is both correct and descriptive enough so that credits can transfer in and out because it is money at this level. Yeah, and just like Drew, as you said, you had to go through the catalog and pull up the syllabus. You know, If a student is transferring schools, that process is always a negotiation. It's always a negotiation between the student and ideally the faculty and staff in, in their current college negotiating credit in their in the college that they're transferring into. And so I've provided syllabi that my students should have access to my syllabi and a description and a little justification to say like this is the curriculum is used at these big schools. So you know they're doing everything that students are doing at, at these other giant universities. So yes it should count for your your first semester physics course. I don't really do that. Like what I don't I say here's my syllabus, but I've never had to talk to any transfer institution I have, or send them anything directly. I give it to the students. I, the I do students give it to the students. The, I have written a little they've come back and said that they don't want to accept it and so uh, I've written a thing that says, No, no. <laughs> my pride as a as a physics professor is like this no, this course is legit and it should count. So let me tell you why I think this should count. I don't think I have nearly as much problem with that because first year writing tends to be pretty 
I don't want to say universal, but like it's very similar across. And the default assumption is that a small liberal arts is going to have more stringent, more demanding writing than science. That's probably yeah. true. <laughs> you don't have a chip on your shoulder, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Me? No. Like, There's no bitterness here. This is totally fine. Like I wrote the thing, got accepted. They didn't go there. <laughs> it's fine, whatever. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. No, it's cool. Uh, so something else that you mentioned um, about counselors sort of you know, like going through and kind of, you know, whatever. Uh, also mentioned like you have a bunch of requirements to take. And so students sometimes when they come into college are like surprised when they're like, what do you mean there are core requirements? I still have to take a math. I still have to take a writing. I still have to take a science. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, like, see, to, that to me sounds like a lie. <laughs> well, and so like we have a colleague who is like, I've got it on my wall. What you know? What do you need to do to get to college? Here's the courses. You know, um, we have a we have monthly, weekly conversations about. Hey, you're still going to have to do X, Y, and Z in college. You still have to do. I have plenty of kids who are say, I'm going to take my gen eds at community college. I just feel like that conversation actually does happen. Like. Mm. You know, I, I didn't get out of math majoring in music. Yeah, no, I didn't either. Majoring in English, I still had to take math. I didn't, but now I'm a math minor, so whatever. So to me, that sounds like a knee-jerk kind of, um, oh my gosh, why do I have to do this? And it's just like they don't know what other response to give, so that's their go-to default response. Mm. Like it's all throwaway kind of response. It's sort of like, oh, well, I don't really like this. Let's commiserate about how, how horrible this is. Like you are coming to the wrong right. door if you want to commiserate about the requirements, like, no, I I teach at a small liberal arts. I think you need to do it all. Right. Well-rounded citizens, yo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. And, and I, either that or somebody really was clueless and breezed their way into college without Which having is possible. I mean, it's possible. But from what I understand, though, students are not looking at the catalog as part of deciding where to go. And I don't think parents necessarily are either. I'm not sure who looks at the catalog other than people who are trying to advise students to get into classes, which is me. You know, I'm like, okay, well, I need to make sure you get out of here in a decent amount of time. We have to strategize. I mean, I feel like that we are, the faculty are the only ones in the registrar probably who are really paying attention to the catalog. I'm, I don't know, I might be wrong. You know, certainly there's a group of people out there and their parents who, um, who do look at the catalog and understand how to do it, and they're not the target audience of, of uh, <laughs> this podcast. So they're just not going to be struggling through college because their parents are going to sit down with the yeah. catalog with them. They're the ones who are going to come in and be like, here's my plan for four years. And like, Yeah. Good. I'll sign off on that. Good. Bye. <laughs> Looks like you've done your research. Good job. Exactly. Right. So, you know, there's that group of people, and I don't know how big that group is, but then there's oh, a lot of You know, that's a brand new beast to show up at college and, and have to do it all yourself. It is. Um, so I guess if I had something to like say to students who are coming into college or, or maybe even in college and are like, what the crap is a catalog? <laughs> Go look on your college or university's website and look through it because you might figure out like why you are taking the things you're taking. And you might also start thinking about, okay, well, if I take this major, because I have students who are like, well, I want to switch my major. I'm like, okay. I'm like, but I have to get out of here within, I need to have this and this and that. And I'm like, well, okay, mathematically speaking, that's not possible. 
you know, switch from health sciences to liberal arts in my third year. Yeah, well, you'll be here an extra semester or two. Yeah, that might be difficult. They don't there's understand not, There's why. not going to be a whole lot of overlap between those. So I think, like, looking at those things and being smart and strategic. Strategic is really the word. You have to kind of... Ask some of the older folks, and you remember Grandpa telling us when he got his degree, it was based on the number of credits you had, and they kicked you out after you had 120. They'd say, here's your degree, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like so puppy. Doesn't doesn't work that way anymore. No, but, we will let you pay for credits probably for a really long time. Seven, it's like seven years, right? I think so. It's ten years for We probably, forward. well, I mean... It, it, it starts to expire. Yeah, I mean, I, your graduation rate is time and a half, so it's six years at colleges is, is when they count your graduation sort of on time in quotes is uh, six years. So the college kind of wants you to get out, know, get out in six years because the numbers look stats. good. Yeah, you, if you take longer, you bring the stats down. But that doesn't mean that they would kick you out. Not necessarily, no. And that doesn't mean that your well, credits start to expire. If you went, like, this was what was on the catalog at at Western Michigan. If you were finishing your degree this year, the only credits that would count towards that degree were seven years old or younger. Uh, Yeah, okay. You know, oh, I took these classes in 1968. Like, that doesn't count for your degree in 2017. Good good try. But that also is institution by institution. Yeah, we actually don't have anything like that, but something That has came. not been an issue for us. Well, well it was an issue for, uh, well, the English department. We had a, a non-traditional student. We have a very low population of non-traditional students, uh, but she transferred in with writing credit from like the 80s, Ooh, which was wow. a very different time to learn and teach writing, and uh, they counted it. And that was for like the 101, but when she went into 102, she couldn't, like, it was like, it was not matching up because the way she learned to write and what she valued in writing was very different than what the way we teach writing here now. And so we brought it up to like, okay, it needs to be within the last 10 years at minimum. Yeah, so I, the Most. other thing that was in Most, my course sorry. Was, was that exact, almost exact situation where if you were getting a degree from Western Michigan University conferred on you, the most recent 30 credits had to be from, or 15, I don't know the number, was had to be from Western Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Couldn't transfer in from Penn State, take one class, and get a Western Michigan degree. Right. I think we have that, don't we? Yeah, so uh, here, half of your credits need to be taken here. Right. So at an associate's level, that's 60 credits, 30 of which must be here. At, at the bachelor's level, it's 120, 60 of which must be from here. Yeah, well, and there was a further thing, which is, it's the, the most recent 10 or the most recent 7 that you've been, like, right. back and forth and go six months to here and there. You had to, like, right. be and at campus for the last bit. Yeah. I and also recommend not doing that because transferring stuff usually doesn't work out very... Yeah, it's a lot of work like it, to get it to transfer. And it, it doesn't work out, as far as I see, like, there's not a high percentage of transfer credit rates or whatever. Right. Well, you shouldn't do a majority of your major off transfer. I think everybody went to community college and did a, did 10 units at, at community college. Like, you could take a PE course at a community college and transfer it and over the summer, and it paid cheaper and yeah. get mm-hmm. you redone in time, and that's not a big deal. As if you're taking 60 units at, at community college, people start asking questions, don't they? Yeah, yeah. and well, they probably should. Well, and the other thing is that the, the requirements – 
as, as we are saying, are institution by institution. So right. some of them are going to say, you, know, you just got to have half your credits from us or, or more. Right. Some of, and some of them are going to say, I, my previous institution, they had a requirement that it was like three quarters of your, what we would call the gener general education requirements, or your breadth requirements had to be taken at the school. So you could come in with a ton of transfer credit for you know dual enrollment for uh, social sciences and science and English and then be like okay only a certain number of these are going to count because you actually have brought in more credit than you can actually count for fulfilling your general education requirements you're going to have to take some classes over yeah or you could take a higher level but like yeah, yeah. I don't know and I do like applaud both students and parents who want to kind of get a leg up and try those concurrent enrollment or dual credit or whatever, mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't, I would definitely do your research to see what will transfer yeah. and what won't before you invest time and money. A good person in my, up high in the School of Music who advised us all, and that person was able to tell me those kind of questions, like what, what's going to transfer and which are good classes to take at home in community college over the summer, and we had those discussions about, oh, this class is only offered in spring, so you'll have to wait a full year to get to it. Right. So I, I found my advisor person, basically, and, and made that plan. Excellent. Well, Drew, I think you got to go. You have to step out. Okay. So I'll uh, discuss this more with, with Melody. <laughs> All right. Until next time. All right. Ciao. So the catalog is, is important for understanding... What is going to be required of you as when you get to a school if you have a particular major in mind? So we talked about how many students or parents are actually looking at the catalog. I suspect it's actually relatively small numbers. I think so too. And I'm not suggesting that like that has to be a, a reason to go to a school or not, but understanding what their core requirements are kind of helps you understand what that college or university is about. And also helps you see, okay, well, how many, how much flexibility are there in these degrees? And mm -hmm. so, like for example, even here, health sciences has like less flexibility than say English in terms of electives because science labs take more credits, and so then more credits are used for major requirements, and so the elective wiggle room is much smaller than it is say in English. I mean, that's what I understand from looking at a piece of paper. Yeah, that's true. Well, and we've talked about how you know my major was like seventy-two credits. And that means that I had less room for just crazy electives than than other people because yeah. I just I had to fill it with courses for my major. But taking a moment to go on a college's website to look for their college catalog, say, well, I know I want to major in biology. Okay, well, go look at that biology department, look for the biology major. It will tell you everything that's needed to do that. And if there's different tracks or mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Now, it's not going to give you all of the information necessarily, but if you're, if you're thinking, oh, I want to do biology and marine biology in particular, looking at their course catalog is like, do they offer marine biology courses? Yeah, Those they? will be in the catalog. Yeah. Do they have a marine biology track for a biology major? That'll be in the catalog. You know, if it's not there, if those courses aren't listed, those courses don't exist if they're not in the catalog. Right. Well, and it's possible they could be introduced during your time there, but... But, so... I wouldn't yeah, count on that. I wouldn't count on that. And one of the things that Drew mentioned in terms of finding an advisor or finding somebody who can advise you, if not your actual official advisor, is really important. So 
when I advise students, I have students who have changed advisors because they, they, if they come in and they want to do an associate's in science, they tend to get funneled to me as, as an advisee. But those who say, oh no, I really want to do health sciences, they tend to then shift from me and they switch their advisors mm -hmm. to the health science program director. Though they could stick with me, I'm still going, I would still advise them. However, I would tell them, and I have told them, those that have stuck with me, like you need to go talk with the program director. There's things I can tell you sort of in general what you're doing, but in terms of the offered every fall or offered right. every semester or offered every other spring, you know, these are, this is knowledge I don't have. The catalog has that. The catalog does have that, <laughs> but it's much faster to right. sit down with someone and say, I want to major in health sciences. I want to major in psychology. And they're like, okay, this person who, who works, you know, in that field, uh, who's a professor in that subject, say, yeah, okay, so what you want to do is blah, 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 because they already have that entire course rotation sort of oh, in yeah. their head because because we live it. We live our course rotation. Even in a bigger department, we live our course rotations. And so you know, well, okay, that's going to be offered now or in my previous institution, quantum mechanics, oh, okay, that's taught by Don, and he's, you know, teaches it maybe every other year, so we should go call Don to make, you yeah. know, when is that going to be, blah, blah, blah. And so you can figure that out. Yeah, I can know what I'm teaching in two years. I know what I'm teaching basically every semester right now. Yeah. I mean, I get, I get to ask some special topics courses that I get to rotate out, but yeah. for the most part, I know, like, we have a course rotation schedule. So, I mean, and I don't mind helping students navigate the catalog. In fact, I see that as part of my advising job. Yeah. Um, but I do get a little frustrated, especially with students who have been here longer than a semester or two. And they just come to my office and sit down, like, well, I don't know what I want to take. And they haven't done any of the legwork. They haven't looked at even the resource guide or even the course catalog in terms of what's being offered this semester. And that's that ownership of not like of your education yeah. and being proactive. I find that very frustrating as well. Like and I keep talking, I mean, I, and I, I'm sure I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but I say very often, especially for my advisees who are first coming, is like, this is not about doing stuff for me. Like, I am not, I don't tell you what to do. I am your advisor. I give you advice. I will sign you up for basically whatever you want. There's a form we're going to fill out if I'm like, this is a really bad idea. Yeah, and then I will it. sign you up for it because I'm your advisor and it is it's their, it's their job, it's their, it's their life. You need to be looking at what it is that is important to you and interesting to you and engaging for you. And there's some hoops you're going to have to jump through, but, well, but you have don't to look to me to too. tell you what you should be taking. I mean, I'll tell you the general guidelines, but if you're like, I don't, want to, I don't know what I want to take. Like, I can't help you with that. <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell you. I can tell you what I want to take, but chances are it's not what you want to take because yeah, I'm a not. college physics professor. And a big nerd. And a super nerd, yes. And so <laughs> like the likelihood that well, I'm like, oh, this looks super sweet, and that my students are going to be all like, yes, no. that looks super sweet is quite low. They're going to be like, no, thanks. Yeah, there's some of that too. Like take whatever you want, but at the same time, be aware that there are requirements for graduation. I mean, unless you're at a place that has like a general education degree, even that has requirements. There's a lot more flexibility, like mm -hmm. just to have like a like a like a general education. 
I think it's relatively rare, though. It's pretty rare. And I think usually those are sort of a catch-all was like, listen, student, you've been here a little too long. Yeah. You need to go. That's usually... When you start when I, that seven-year mark, they start figuring out that you're just going to be a gen ed major. Yeah, and then and then they kind of like just shuffled you out. Be like, oh, look, you graduated. <laughs> you didn't realize it, but you have met the requirements for us to tell you goodbye. Another thing is that that's in the, our catalog, our policies. And so, like, I was just thinking about what I was writing with the transfer policies. Like, if you want to know if your AP credit for, you know, literature or whatever is going to transfer in for your writing class, it's all listed there. Also, like, our, I think some of our um, academic honesty, maybe, is in there. Um, how grades are calculated, that's in there. So right. which like, which letter grades are correspond to which GPA? Yes, like like a A is a four or whatever. Yes, right? it is. Um, I don't have to calculate the fact that we don't have an A plus. We d- yeah exactly that's the in there. Different colleges have different grading scales or requirements. That we officially have plus minus grading. Yeah, so there's all kinds of stuff. Like it's not just courses or degree requirements, although that's helpful. But like there are other policy things too, and there. Or lots of things like go see the registrar if this is the case. Contact the VPAA. Can I retake a class to get a better grade? Yes or no? That's in the catalog. Like what that procedure would be like. Is it going to, like how does that work on my transcript? How does that work on my GPA? That's spelled out in the catalog. What does a W mean on your transcript? How does that work in terms of your GPA and your attempted credit hours? What does that mean for financial aid or scholarships? What is attempted credit hours? Exactly. (laughs) By the way, so attempted credit hours lists how many credit hours you enroll in at the beginning of the semester, and then completed credit hours is how many classes you actually Got a great pass. Hour. Or I guess Fs don't pass. count, right? Fs don't count. Yeah. How many credit hours you pass at the end of the semester. Yeah. And so those numbers... <laughs> they attempted, can't be too far apart. Yeah, attempted and, and completed credit hours cannot be too far apart. Otherwise, generally, you go on academic probation. And that varies based, uh, you know, on different locations. But for federal financial aid, there it's are really important. There are federal standards. Successful academic progress is what the SAP is what they're looking at. Are you progressing in a satisfactory way? Meaning, are you wasting the government's money who is helping you with your Pell Grant, you know, and whatever? So they want to make sure that you're a good investment. So knowing that. You know, if you have a great appeal, if you have a medical emergency and you need to withdraw from the college uh, for the semester. Yeah. Yeah. So there's all kinds of things. Point being is that this should be the reference if you have major questions about what's going on. And obviously as advisors or faculty members, we're there to guide you. But there are times I'm like, well, let's check the catalog. I don't know that. I don't remember all the things. That's why the catalog is there. Right. It's like my syllabus. It's like, what have, what are we doing next week? Like, I don't know. i got to check the schedule. That's why I wrote the schedule. Oh, God. Can we just go with, please don't ask me that question ever again in life. When does this do? I'm like, I don't know. I don't have to do it. <laughs> I'll have to grade it. Yeah. I mean, so I remember, I don't know, but like, I don't have their exact due dates or whatever's happening in my brain, especially because. Not unless they're like really obvious dates. Yeah. Like the science portfolio is due before spring break. Well, Easy to remember. But if it's all like some other, like when is this other random thing due? When is our next quiz? I'd have to check this. I mean, anyway, sorry, digression. Gonna, like my the January cat- and August self is way more organized than say like my late February or like October self. Because like about that time I stop 
keeping track of those things mentally and I have to look at the schedule, which is why I have them for both myself and my students. And the catalog is that. <laughs> Good transition. Yeah, the catalog pivot uh, is that for overall academic programs. So what are the policies in place in terms of progressing satisfactorily? Mm -hmm. what, ha what happens if you f uh, fail or you withdraw? Is there different withdrawal deadlines? Chances are yes. There's yeah. an early withdrawal, in which case it doesn't go on your transcript. And you don't usually have to pay anything. And you don't have to pay anything. Or there's a later withdrawal, in which case it goes on your transcript. It counts as credits attempted but not completed. And and if you, you don't do get it refunded for most or any of that, there's a certain point. At least um, I can't remember what the policy is here because again, this doesn't affect me. But there was a certain point that's like after like. What this point in the semester, you've basically completed two thirds of the class. You're getting no money back for that. Something like that. And there's a three quarter. I think it's three quarters of the semester, or maybe it's two thirds. Okay. You cannot drop yeah. at that point. There, there reaches a point where it's just, you, you can no longer drop the class. You, you have to deal with that class, however it is. And if you're failing that class, try to bring it up to passing. Because if you fail it. It's Past this point, you can't drop. You just you're eating that F on your transcript and your GPA. So anyway, catalog has all that information. Very important, and I was a little distressed because I have like in my class I have a couple of second year students who are at the end of their second year, and I have a couple of fourth year students, and some of those were transfer, and I'm like, how do you not know this? Mm. Um, so I was a little oh. I must share this knowledge with the world. Yes, it is. The catalog is critically important. Yeah, so, so go read it. So go read it. So what you can, to recap, what you can find in the catalog, you can find a list of all courses that are offered by department. So if you want to take a biology course, all of those are listed. You can find degree requirements by degree. So if you have multiple sub-degrees or spe uh, specializations in the degree, those will be offered. Majors and minors, if those are possibilities, those will both be listed in there and those requirements. You can find policies for how many credits you need to take Just to graduate. Policies. policies in general, like what do you need to what do you need to take to graduate that's not a major specific will be in there. Mm -hmm. General education requirements, credit number of credit hours requirements, and also policies for what happens Blah. when everything goes pear shaped. <laughs> policies Here's and what's going to happen. I would say, yeah. right? Like who to contact, what to do. Now, if you know exactly what you're doing, have a fantastic advisor, and you are a strong student, it may never come up. Because you have a fantastic advisor who does all the work for you, maybe that's that great. Maybe that's not a good fantastic advisor. <laughs> if an advisor does all the work for you, you may never need to look at those things. And if you are doing well in your classes, you may never need to worry about, do, can I retake to improve my grade or not? So strong students may never end up looking at it. They just go along with the flow, especially at a larger school where there's like a number of majors and like there's just sort of this institutional knowledge which kind of like somehow seeps into the student Part body. Of that, but we have pretty like invasive is the word advising procedures. That is the technical term. Yeah, but I don't remember getting that much help when I was an undergrad. Not, I, sort oh, of no. had, I had to navigate and figure it out myself. That's true. Yeah, me too. Um, and so depending on where you go, I mean, there, there might be like an advising office where they have like a, an office full of people who just advise students on how to do these things, but there might not be. Or you might have a not-so-present advisor and you do have to do a lot of this on your own. 
So knowing that this resource is there and probably going to be required for not failing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the catalog, especially the course portion of the catalog, I think is really important for building course trees. So you, there are a bunch of courses that are high-level courses that are required for a major. And what may or may not be listed in there, what may be hidden in the requirements is that English 390 actually requires English 340 as uh -huh. a prereq, but that's not listed on the actual degree requirements because... because it's not, well, it's a one-page thing. We try to get it down to one page, like here's this, check it. And so then, of course, there are, there's space for this in the catalog, right? which is why we do that. So if you are thinking, looking at your major or considering what you're taking, write down all the things that are required and then go looking through the Description. descriptions to say, well, does this feed into that? Is it required? Do I have to take these at the same time? And yeah. you should end up with this sort of like a four-year plan where you have slot in, I need this class in this semester. I need to have a semester, a semester gap between mm -hmm. the, the last one that was required because I need this prerequisite. Or, you know, if you say, oh, okay, I need to, I'm going to take Physics 205. Well, you, gotta, you better check that course catalog because it has a Math 201 co-requisite. So you have to take that at the same time or before. Otherwise, you cannot enroll in this class. And if you're not, if you're not on top of that, then you may be like, oh, I'm ready to take, oh, wait, I have to wait a semester because... I can't take calculus right now, therefore right. I can't and do physics. And then your whole degree map <laughs> yeah, is starts to fall apart because if you miss one step, then and then let's say that you didn't do the math and you can't get into it that semester, then it makes a whole year for you to take physics two right. or five. Which you would know because that's listed in the catalog right. that is it's only offered every fall. Anyway, go do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so... Welcome back to us, I suppose, and <laughs> welcome back to you listeners. Course catalog, college catalog, very important, has all the information, don't need to rely on other people, can do a little bit of legwork, give your advisor a break from having to figure all that out. Yeah, just be in charge of your own stuff. Right? I mean, it's also the kind of thing, is good practice for when you go out and you take a job and there's going to be documentation for, like, in your contract, what is it that you need to do? progress or if there's a, a set of rules for how what you need to do in order to get sort of promoted within the company mm -hmm. uh, those are going to be around but no one necessarily going to be all like well let's sit down and talk about this once a year you have to go out and look for it and find it and figure out what's needed and what needs to be done yeah like annual performance reviews are really common on jobs what is that yeah. what are they looking for do i need to do anything to prepare when does it happen yeah. you know all that stuff all the stuff will be in there the same way all these requirements and procedures are in the catalog, college catalog. Well, thanks, Melody. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> if you want to send us a question or give us some feedback, like stay on topic, you can send me a tweet. <laughs> they would never send that. <laughs> you can send me a tweet uh, at Dr. Highland, D-O-C-T-O-R-H-Y-L-E-N-D. Or if you have something longer, like some advice, stay on topic a lot more that you can't fit into 144 <laughs> characters, you can send me an email at uh, gmail at peter.o.highland at gmail.com. All right. For the record, I don't think we're that off topic. We just found we had a lot more to say about catalogs than we originally thought. That is true. Yeah. That is true. They're important people. All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.